Culture Comic Podcast, and this week, holy crap, it's been a long time since we've done this. Um, you know, uh, lots of things between now and then. Last time I moved, bought a house, um, but and been dealing with that for a long time. But, you know, least of all, the world hasn't changed much, so we'll just go right into talking about comics. And we, oh, so we read The Flintstones, and we're going to talk about that, and uh, Brock has some random crap he's going to throw at us. I'm Nick Hemsing. And I'm Brock Beauchamp. Yeah, um, wow, it's been so long, and yeah, like Nick mentioned, he moved into a house, and man, it was hard to work through November and December. I just, with Christmas and the holidays and he who shall not be named, um, yeah, it's just been a bit of a depressing few months. So we're trying to get back at it, and it's been a long time. I mean, there's no point in even trying to cover what happened. It's been three months. so And, and it's been covered better by better people yeah, than us. Yeah, well, and I, frankly, yeah, it's at some point we just have to say, all right, it's it's not our podcast. <laughs> no, exactly. But uh, you know, so in the past couple of weeks, I've been actually getting going with projects again. I've started working on Punch a Higher Floor, my short story, and I started a new comic that is politically motivated mostly, and I just call it Schlockworks uh, because I just I was so depressed. I couldn't work on anything. It was just so hard to comprehend everything that was going on. And finally, I was just like, fuck it. Let's do it live. Um, and I started venting all the frustrations that I had in comic strip form. So I'll be doing that once a week for the foreseeable future. And I don't think it's going to stay entirely political. I just have a lot of crap to get off my chest right now. <laughs> Right now, it's right now it's a publisher's clearinghouse of uh, yeah. of uh, what's on the top of Brock's head, and yeah. unfortunately, one thing is on the top of Brock's head. What's been pissing Brock off for the past three months? Here you go. But you know, so if you're into political commentary or just kind of non sequitur comments about society at large, you know, give it a look. It's at uh, schlockworks.com, of course. It's on the front page. I've been redesigning the front page to work with some of the new stuff I've been putting up. And I keep breaking the site, which is awesome. It, you know, that's what happens when you don't touch a website for two years. And then you have to go back and read your old shitty code. And it might as well be encrypted because you can't remember what the hell you were thinking when you were doing any of it. So you add something and everything blows up and fix it and that's what i've been doing for the past week good job yeah and as nick is learning how to code various languages he will learn to appreciate this much more in the coming years yeah i just started talking to my uh the director about um uh reporting and uh well basically online online uh dashboarding uh and i'm kind of going to be pushed into probably doing some of that myself so i will be learning uh html css and also i can do things in some javascript libraries yeah and as you develop a long-term running project that you're maintaining yourself over the course of years and years you will learn one thing about development it involves a lot of calling yourself an idiot 
in the past. <laughs> You're like, God, I was a moron. Why did I do this? You look at the next line of code. Oh, wait. No, this one's even worse. So, yeah, it. You always have reasons for doing these things while you're working on them because no project will ever end up perfect. Uh, and near the end of a project, you just start being like, okay, this needs to be done. So I just need to make this work. And then two years later, when you come back and look at it again, you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Yeah. So I, I got to spend a week doing that on the website. Well, cool. Thank you for doing it instead of me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I don't, I don't, I, 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 uh, right now I think if I looked at it, it'd be, uh, even if I get good at it, then I'd be like, if I tell Brock that I'm decent at it, then he's going to make me. Exactly. I'll make like, you do it. <laughs> be like, I'm tired of this. I'm done. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I've also been reading a ton of books lately because I just, I haven't been able to work just too damn depressing again. So I've been catching up on saga. I still need to read the very latest, uh, trade paperback. I've been reading a lot of Transmetropolitan, which is about a journalist covering the election in the future. It seemed kind of fitting. Um, I'm, boy, I think about 30 issues into that now. And then I'm also uh, finishing Fables. I got up to issue about 110 in Fables, and then I knew it was near the end, so I just wanted to read it all in a block, and then I promptly forgot about it. So I'm going back and reading that. I just... I need to kind of immerse myself in comic books for a while because the real world is just too scary. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, the uh, that's what we've been up to. Yeah. Uh, I've just been learning to code and working on the house. So, I yeah, have moving not into been a spending... house is rad. Yeah, I haven't spent near as much time working on, uh, you know reading or any of that so i have not been a social or said i have not been a pop culture sponge like i would normally be yeah i am and i basically took december off and redid my entire kitchen uh down to the studs and rebuilt it with the help of my brother-in-law and reading was the only thing i could do at night because i mean hanging cabinets and laying tile for eight hours at a time you're just dead to the world by the time five or six o'clock rolls around. So reading was basically the only thing left to me. Hmm. Well, the, uh, Oh, go ahead. We're back. We're back. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we started doing this again. Yeah, we're back. We're doing I, this. There, there was never a conscious decision to stop doing this. No, it uh, just, we got both got busy and then, you know, life got in the way. Yeah. Uh, we have a so, ton of comic book media coming up this year, and a lot of it's interesting. Um, I'm not as interested in a lot of it as maybe I was the stuff coming out last year, but uh, Netflix has Iron Fist in March, and then The Punisher and The Defenders later in 2017. Daredevils and Daredevil and Jessica Jones are likely 2018 releases now. Which I don't know how I feel about that. I'm interested in Iron Fist, but it's not like he was ever one of my favorite characters. So, yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. I mean, everything Netflix has done is good. But I'm yeah. not exactly, woo! Yeah, I was happy that I, you know, I, I caught up a little bit with what was going on in Marvel movies. 
I did catch up on, uh, uh, I saw Dr. Strange. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was good. That was fun. Yeah. Good um, movie. I just wish it wasn't an origin story and I wish it would have been weirder. Yeah. I think it could have been weirder. Um, the, but... the climactic non fight was fantastic. And if that's what I want to see, like the climax of that movie was so good. I just wanted to see more of that throughout it. Yeah, the 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 end of that movie was was uh, pitch perfect. Yeah, just brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. there wasn't even a fight. It was great. No, it was uh, it was less punching, more thinking. Yep. So the uh, and uh, it was uh, a good a good uh, change for that series. For yeah. that uh, whole fran- for that whole Marvel uh, movie franchise. Thing. Yeah. But um. um yeah, uh, so I like Doctor Strange. I didn't love it. You know, I'd put it about on par with Ant-Man where it was hitting a lot of the right notes I wanted to see, but it just didn't really – it didn't have that finishing that really I, – I thought Doctor Strange would have been a great opportunity for Marvel to go weird and to go horror. And it felt like a just slightly darker – I mean – Iron Cap- Man. Yeah, Iron Man. Um, Captain America Winter Soldier was a darker movie than Doctor Strange. And that yep. that kind of disappointed me a little bit. Because as the movie was coming out, out, I went back and reread a bunch of Doctor Strange books from the 70s, which are just batshit crazy. And, you know, a lot of them are typical comic fare, but then you'd get the occasional story. That was just weird, you know? It was like a... a more mainstream, uh, more Marvelized superhero version of like the early Hellblazer stuff. You know, it didn't involve superheroes. It didn't involve. It was just all demons and stuff like that. And you know, I I would have liked to have seen more more of that. Well, well, but still a decent movie. Yeah, absolutely. The, I, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Kind of like what, uh, you know, but we also had, uh, of course, a uh, uh, non-comic bookie. We had uh, uh, Rogue One, the first. I didn't see it. Non, you didn't. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the the, the uh, there are there are uh, the fact uh, that the fact that you fell for that for a split second was perfect. I there was a there was a there there is one of those things that my brain wanted to for a second was like I'm just gonna, okay just run with it. wait what the wait wait stop here <laughs> back the fuck up <laughs> yeah um, which was a it was a good movie but had some flaws and the. Uh, you know, it was a fun Star Wars movie, but the uh, didn't do much in the way of creating memorable characters. No, um, it didn't. That was probably its biggest flaw. But I liked it probably about as much as I liked The Force Awakens. You know, they were both very enjoyable at moments and then a bit of a letdown in others. Yeah. The uh, the uh, uh, Force Awakens had more more memorable characters, but a recycled story. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rogue One had a new story with forgettable characters. Yeah, yeah. Which the, I mean, the characters were really just placeholders. 
which I totally get because they all die. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it makes for a less engaging movie that way for sure. Yeah, and it means more when they die if you if you care you really. Yeah, mm-hmm. the. Uh... But if you of... look at all. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna if you say, look all yeah. look at all of them and go up, oh, you know, the uh, you were a serviceable martyr. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So enough about 2016. You know what? I'm done with 2016. 2016 can go f itself. 2017. This is the movie lineup we have. The the things I care about, I should say. Um, we have Logan coming in March, which. God, I hope it's good because the first trailer was just amazeballs. Uh, Wonder Woman in... Oh, no, sorry. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in May. I mean, who... This is easily the headline of the headline of the year is Guardians of the Galaxy. Who isn't looking forward to that? Then we have uh, Wonder Woman in June. Spider-Man Homecoming in July. And then Thor, Ragnarok. Yeah, they're making a third Thor movie in November. I well, guess I care, uh, but you know, November's real close to December when episode eight comes out, so whatever. I, I wish Marvel wasn't stuck on trilogies. I really don't did not need three Thor movies. Um, you know what? Eliminate one Thor movie, make a Hulk movie instead. Well, yeah, the uh see I I mean I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy. Absolutely. Um I've enjoyed the Thor movies. Even the second one. Yeah, no, they're not they're not bad. It's just kind of like really I just don't I'll take, need you know, more. You know what, with what they make, I'll take more. Yeah. I mean that's fair. I, I mean I mean it's 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 not like I mean, even um if you can make something and it's good, maybe it's not gonna be as great as something else. The uh it's still better to make it just so it you know this good other thing can be there yeah the uh the uh, sometimes i mean it's not like like we've talked about you know <laughs> john wick 2 is coming up and the uh you know possibly having a story where the first movie was such a fun encapsulated movie of of uh you know this weird kind of world you know set up and you know, this uh, story that was so well laid out and this character that we had to um, that was so well sold. And then, you know, and then it wraps up at the end and then kind of like, OK, well, cool. That is so good. I don't know if we revisited this, if we would get anything the same that we would ever got from the first one. again. Well, it was a surprise film. Yeah. Like you. You had no idea what it was about, what what kind of twists and turns it was going to have. But they basically spent that in the first movie, and I don't see the point in trying to recapture it in the second movie. Like I compared it, Nick, Nick and I had a conversation about this earlier, and I compared it to Mel Gibson and Payback. I never wanted to see a Payback too because you know what? That movie surprised the hell out of me. I enjoyed it. It was fun, and I'm I'm done with that character. Yeah, it it, it, it there's no reason for it to go on. No. It's just, uh, it's, you've got everything we're going to get out of it. And I that's hope, good. I hope I mean, it's good, it, but. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it, you know, you know, it's, uh, there's the value, the value of, of the first one being unique is, 
quite possibly eclipses the need for a second movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thor, eh, make another one. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care much either way. I'm going to go watch it. Absolutely. It's not like Mm -hmm. I disliked the first two Thor movies. They were enjoyable and okay in their own right. I just, yeah, I'm just kind of done with the character. Um, Spider-Man homecoming. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know a ton of people are super excited about it and that's totally fair. I get it. I'm just Spider-Man out to an extent, even what? though I loved okay. him in Civil War. He was fantastic. Yeah, but you know what? We, we you know, we, we haven't had, you know, we haven't had, you know, like six Spider-Man movies or something, you know. So, you know what? Why not have a, why not make one? I, I am glad that Marvel is trying to take Spider-Man back and kind of erase some of those other mediocre or bad movies that came out. I just, you know, I'm spider man out. To an extent, I'm going to go see it, of course, because I go see all these movies. <laughs> but, and I hope it's really good because um, Tom Holland like or whatever being, his name is was great in Civil War, just great. It's like being a member. Uh, it's like being a member of a club, and part of a membership of that club is uh, part of your dues are that you you have to go to each one of those movies. Yeah, and sometimes you know you you do those uh, you know those dues are paid you know, with great enthusiasm. And sometimes, sometimes you're like, eh, I'm going to go. Yeah. (laughs) And other times you're just kind of going through the motions. And, you know, it's still like a, it's still like a fun, it's still a fun ride and whatnot, but the, uh, it's not as fun as your other trips. Mm -hmm. And as far as, you know, comic book movies for 2017, the, um, I think the stink that kind of permeates this list is Wonder Woman. I so badly want it to be good. I want it to be incredible. I want it to be amazing. I want it to be everything I think a Wonder Woman movie should be. But I think it's going to suck. And what leads you to think it's going to suck? Just, just because, because of... everything they make sucks. I I finally got around to watching Suicide Squad. Oh my God, what a mess of a movie. Thank you for taking that bullet for me. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It was a collection of really amusing, great scenes compiled into a movie where those scenes in chronological order made no sense or you just didn't give a damn because the characters were so flat. I mean, you la- I actually laughed out loud every time Killer Croc would speak because I'd be like, oh, that's right. He's in this movie. <laughs> Uh, it's like Westworld. Rachel and I are always joking about the main female character, Evan Rachel Wood. Every time we flip on an episode, and we're about three quarters of the way through the first season now, it'll flash up with a picture of Evan Rachel Wood, and I'll go, oh, that's right, she's in this show. And then five minutes <laughs> later, she'll reappear on camera, and I'm like, that's right, she's in this show. She's the most eminently forgettable like actress I've seen in a long time who keeps getting pretty major roles nothing wrong with her she does a fine job it's not like i'm complaining about her performance it's just every time she's off screen i forget she exists yeah the uh it is kind of funny because it's like the the uh, she is the character in that show where you go is she the main character (laughs) i kind of i kind of think that she is but i mean 
I'll be damned if some other people aren't doing some amazingly interesting things that I'm really yeah. that I'm kind of more interested in. And she pops up, and I'm not unhappy to see her on screen and what goes on with her. But at the same time, there was some really interesting shit happening a couple seconds ago. Yep, and I exactly. kind of want to see more of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go back to the uh, scientist trying to uh, reanimate the bird. You know, I, I, because honestly, I find that more engaging mm-hmm. than the uh, Evan Rachel Wood character. I think her name's Evan Rachel Wood. Whatever. Uh, um, do not know. Oh, yeah, uh, she's fine. fine in the show. And... She's gotten a little bit better in the past couple episodes, but overall, I'm just like, uh, okay, she's here. Mm-hmm. Cool. But, but uh, instead, I'm like, God damn it, put Anthony Hopkins back on yeah. the TV. Well, that guy just <laughs> chews scenery. I want to. I want to see more of him. The, the the you know no 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 include him in the scene too. <laughs> I could watch a TV show about Anthony Hopkins in a suit watching a TV show. Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was just about to say, just watching TV. I can do that. Yeah. You know, the, uh, you know, Anthony Hopkins reading the paper. Yeah, I exactly. Probably do that. Because for some stupid reason, it would be entertaining. Yeah. I it, wouldn't know why. <laughs> yeah, he's the male equivalent of Meryl Streep, where if they're on screen, you're just like, that person's doing something that I'm interested in even though it appears that they're doing nothing and i find this incredibly fascinating <laughs> this person has hacked my brain yes <laughs> so yeah the um uh, where did that lead back to we were talking about westworld and then we talked about uh and where did we branch yeah, we were off? talking about wonder woman before that and then wonder woman that's right and then, oh, and then, oh, it was Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, right, right. My, yeah, I just I have no faith in Time Warner understanding any of their properties at this point, and all the clips of Wonder Woman are doing the right things. I am just so jaded about their movies at this point that I I can't get excited about anything because. Uh, it was so easy to not screw up Suicide Squad. It was so easy. You put a bunch of villains on screen and you just let them do silly shit for two hours. Yet somehow they had an ensemble cast and the only one who you even gave half a shit about was Will Smith. Even Margot Robbie, she was fine as Harley Quinn. I thought she was pretty good most of the time. But they didn't give her anything to do, and her dialogue was just dumb, and the camera couldn't get off her ass for more than three minutes at a time. It it just... Yeah, it was a so collection you, of scenes that just made for a shitty movie. So what you're saying, what you're saying is, is it was a great concept, but filmed by bros. I mean, a little bit. I mean, it had all the... It had this great soundtrack these really good snippets of scenes where if you broke the movie into three minute segments and watched them far apart from one another, you'd be like, Oh, this is probably a pretty good movie. But when you put those scenes together, it just, I mean, they had an ensemble cast and I literally can't name anybody past the two main characters who are Harley Quinn and uh, Deadshot. 
except for Killer Croc, because he made me laugh because it was so absurd that he was there. <laughs> like I forgot I there everybody was, I, else. I, I, was heard there. There, I heard there was a, a there were Joker cameos. Oh yeah, he appeared a little bit, and you know uh, he was okay, I guess. But he again, there was no development anywhere. Mm-hmm. Will Smith was the only character who had an arc, and everyone was just that. Everyone else was just there. Then Batman the, uh, appears for some effing reason. I still can't figure that out. Which I mean, I I don't mind seeing Ben Affleck as Batman a little bit more, but please at least try to give him a purpose to be there. Well, at least we know. At least we can rest assured that that Ben Affleck will be uh, not directing the Batman movie. <laughs> I uh, well, I wish he would. No, yeah, he was going to. And that's what they were talking about. I know, and he's not going to now. Yeah. Yes, which which means that whenever there is good news about something mm-hmm. going on at, at Marvel, then the uh, something has to be done to stamp that out. Yeah. Well, at least he's still writing and producing it. So. Yeah. So there, there's a chance. The uh, but you know, if uh, uh, if Broy McDirector face gets his hands on it. Yeah. Um, then please God. I, no. I, yeah. I think Ben Affleck has more talent than everyone else in the DC universe to this point combined. As far as it goes, not on screen talent. I'm talking about direction and producing and writing talent. Yeah, he, he's a Ben Affleck is a decent actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is an he is uh, an amazing writer and director. Yeah, I mean he's made some really really good movies. Mm-hmm. So I mean I think that if you were to if you were to you know rate him he said he his his yeah, his writing and directing eclipses his 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 acting his acting is you know he's been when he when he acts he's Ben Affleck mm-hmm. he has um, the uh, um, but yeah so I that's uh, so the I, I would have been happier if they had said you know what I'm working too hard on this. I'm going to have to have somebody act as Batman. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> they kind of went the wrong direction with that, right? Yeah. The, uh, I mean, it would have been weird. Don't get me wrong. A little weird. But the uh, would have made the movie better. But, I mean, what actor would ever willingly step out of the bat suit? Yeah, no, uh, and I get that. I Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they can't figure out what the hell the hell they're going to make the Flash movie happen. <laughs> I I actually have a really good idea about this. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Just don't. You have something on TV. You have something on TV. Reference it from time to time, yeah. and then move on. Literally, just don't. Please, stop. <laughs> yeah. I have oh, a better well. idea. Sell the rights to the Flash to Marvel. <laughs> 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 Tell them, can we can, can we hire your production team to yes. do our the uh you know it, it's okay you know we'll we'll just take a cut we'll just you know can we just license this to you guys for a while yeah <laughs> the because uh, if you know if we keep it here if we keep it here then the Zach runs around with a club just beating people you know can you can you imagine the phone call where you know Zack Snyder calls up you know 
Ari or Avi or Rod or whatever the uh, head of Marvel Studios is. It's like, so what do you think of our characters at DC? And, you know, he's Avi's like, well, you know, I think in The Flash you have this, you know, story about redemption and, you know, trying to fix problems of the past and blah, blah, blah. And Superman, you have this iconic, you know, outsider. And wait, Zach, are you taking notes? <laughs> Zach's like, no, I'm not. But please keep talking. <laughs> Tell me what my characters are, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, be nice for somebody over there to know what they are. Yeah. Um, well, they did hire. Um, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Jeff Loeb. Is that right? I, but, I think so. Uh, um, uh, he's, he's a comic guy, and he's going to be kind of acting as the coordinator for the DC uh, universe, which is badly needed. And But it needs to go further than that. Zack Snyder needs to be removed from touching any of these films. And it's, and, and, you know, and it's not because they're, they're not making money. They make money, but the uh they there is a there is something to be said about uh building this amazingly large brand that everybody respects what you're doing mm -hmm. and that people will um people like us will go well i'm gonna go yeah exactly <laughs> like thor good. i don't good. give good. a shit about thor but i'm gonna go see it because i know the movie's not gonna be terrible well, and and that's the thing, though, is that is is even um, all of the Marvel movies are have been successes in some way, manner, shape, or form. They've all made a certain amount of money, and there's a there's a population that you can count on will show up every single time. Yeah, and they and they show up pretty happily. I mean, the I mean, it's it's and there's always the same. They're, they're you know, well, we know it's going to be good. I mean, you know, is it? But is is it going to be? as good as captain america is it going to be as good as winter soldier is it going to be as good as winter soldier or is it just going to be you know uh you know one of the lesser iron mans or something like that you know the uh is it going to be um you know you know thor dark world okay or is it going to be you know but nowhere does somebody goes Oh, is it going to be that turd? <laughs> yeah. Well, a good um, example of this is two very similar movies. Uh, you have from Marvel, you have Guardians of the Galaxy. The, from DC, you have Suicide Squad. Both made about the same amount of money. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is coming up. So let's say Suicide Squad 2 was coming up. Which movie is going to make more money? I guarantee you it's Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Because that movie had legs because everyone went around telling everyone else it was good. Mm -hmm. The second one comes around and, you know, there's the footage of Baby Groot just going badass on everybody. I don't know a single person under the age of 70 who isn't like, yeah, I'm going to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in the theater because, duh, of course I am. The yes. first movie was amazing <laughs> and the trailers for the second are amazing. I know about half the people I know didn't go see Suicide Squad and nobody I know is going to go see Suicide Squad too. Yeah. Well, that, and that's the thing too, is it's like, 
Suicide Squad 2. Okay, maybe. Yeah, and you know, congratulations. You found that the worldwide avi- audience it translates better, and people somehow just don't care as much. Yeah. But um, but your American your American audience is kind of like, eh. so you I mean make it if you want, but you know, you could be it could be better. <laughs> yeah, maybe it does nine hundred million again. You know, Suicide Squad yeah. two. It could have done 1.1 billion had you made a movie that didn't suck the first time. Yeah. So. so um, anyway. Anyway. Oh, and you, and you forgot to mention that Dark Tower comes out this year. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I have kept and almost intentionally kept that off my radar because. I just have no idea what to expect to it. I'm super excited, but. Yeah. It's just so much for me to wrap my brain around. Please be good. Please be good. Please be good. Please be good. It's like my nightly prayer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and please let, please let uh, Dark Tower be good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we read a comic. Yeah, Flintstones. Let's go ahead and talk about it, which was so well-timed. I mean, this is this book is actually one of the things that kind of dredged me out of my despair and was like, I need to start creating things again. This is important. And so I talked to Nick and I'm like, you have to read this book. It'll make you happy. So <laughs> and quick... I'm like, first I was like, Wait, there's what? a Flintstones comic. What are you talking about? Oh my we God. Have you this? lost your mind, Brock? We need this. <laughs> so Flintstones, the first family of bedrock tells the story of who we are and why we do what we do as if it all began with Fred, Wilma, Barney, Betty, and the rest of the citizens of Bedrock, shining a light on humanity's ancient customs and institutions in a funny origin story of human civilization. Mark Russell from Prez blends modern interpretations with Hanna-Barbera's classic characters, bringing a breath of fresh Stone Age air. Pencils and inks by Steve Poog, Hope I pronounced that right. And colors by Chris Chuckery. Now, I heard people talking about this a few months ago, but again, I was just kind of out of the loop and kind of mired in my own BS. But then I remembered that it existed and that Mark Russell, who absolutely killed it with Prez, wrote the book. So I decided to pick it up. And the first issue, it it starts with, Fred and Barney and civilization has just emerged. Like literally in the past like year, it's emerged and Bedrock has been built. They're fresh off a war, which we'll get into later. We'll definitely get into that later. Um, they're fresh off a war and they're returning veterans. And it has a lot of the touchstones of the cartoon, like the the hats and the Moose Lodge type of a deal. Um, the animals as everyday instruments as replacements of modern society but that's about where the similarities to the original flintstones stop um pebbles and bam bam are in the equivalent of high school so they're a little bit older and who knew that the flintstones could be transformed into just burning social com uh commentary on modern society Uh, the fingerprints of the Prez are all over this. All over it. 
all over it. The uh, I so first of all the the first the the very first comic the uh, the very first one was uh, was great in the absurd um, and great in the um, uh, great in some commentary, um, although it didn't quite. I, it actually took a couple, it, uh, an issue or two for me to really laugh, really laugh. Yeah. Um, I was underwhelmed for the first two issues. And then the, I think it was the third issue that I was like, okay, I kind of see what's happening here. And then the fourth issue, I was just like, oh, fuck you, Mark Russell. Oh, fuck you. Oh, come on. You're killing me right well, now. Oh, Jesus. The very, uh, the third, the, 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 if you don't laugh, if you don't laugh in the, uh, first uh, two pages into the third issue, then you have no sense of humor. You'll um, have to refresh me on that. Uh, tell my wife I love her very much. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> when they're firing the monkey into space. Oh my god, tell, tell my wife I love her very much. She knows. The, the dinosaur being used to drop on the catapults. Yes. I died. And then and that was the setup. And, then, and I was gone. I was gone. Yes. I uh, there is no <laughs> now you launch him. The, the guy in the background going, Science! Yes. I just I, I read that page like four times. <laughs> Because I was just like, I was, you know how you get that, like, every once in a while in your adult life, you'll be reverted back to being a four-year-old on Christmas morning, where you're just yeah. so effing happy about everything that you just witnessed, and it only comes along sparingly as an adult. That page was one of those moments for me. Oh, I loved it so much. There is the the one single statement. I it, I've by the way I've still never laughed as much about an onomatopoeia word that as I has as on that page where it's being launched yes. space. Just where just where the the streak is going over him is he goes. I died. I'm sorry. I couldn't stop laughing about it. It really, the, uh, it, it came, the, they had already made a joke on the previous page. And for some reason, the next page was even better. Yeah. The point of the book, I think it might've been in the second issue where I really started to begin warming up to it was when I think it's Bam Bam and Pebbles. Okay. A bit of preface here. The uh, Barney and Fred were in a, war against the tree people and the tree people were primitive and occupying land that the bedrock people wanted so they basically ousted the very primitive tree people out of their area bam bam and pebbles are leaving school and on the sign that says bedrock school it says Homa, the fighting tree people. And I just went, oh, you clever bastard. Yeah, there's littered stuff um, all over. Um... I mean, just taking such an obvious but very <laughs> clever swipe at North Dakota University and the fighting Sioux and all that. Uh, it was just like, oh, 
kudos to you, sir. Kudos to you. How's that working out for you being so clever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, there's, it's, uh, and there's stuff like that all over the book. Yeah. There, there's, there's, you, it's, 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 it's a slower read than you think it is. Yeah. If you're, if you're skimming it, uh, don't go back and really look at some of the stuff that's happening in the background because there are a ton of prez like elements of, you know, Carl, the end of life bear. Yeah. And you will miss a good portion of the book's charm and wit and hilarity if you're not paying attention to the crap going on in the background. Read the text, read all the read read what's read what's written on everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's just, you know, snarky re you know, snarky renamings of stuff. And sometimes it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh wow, that's that's a pretty biting jab at American society. Well done, sir. Yeah, um, the uh, and some and it's but it's also there's also so much absurd. Um, the uh, they they do not miss the opportunity to uh, the do the the animals that are used for everything. You know the oh animals that are, God, yes. that are basic the tools. elephant in the closet. Uh, oh, the elephant in the closet that you know, it's like they're like they leave me in here all day. <laughs> It's when so sad, and it's so. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the the conversation between him and the armadillo. Yes, the armadillo is like, I don't know how to make him not angry. Yes, <laughs> because the armadillo is used as a bowling ball, and the armadillo yeah. is just baffled at his purpose in life. Like, mm-hmm. why does he hate me so much? Why is he throwing me? <laughs> it's it's uh, one of those like slow. Sad, ch- is slow, sad chuckle moments where you're like, <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's more, it's, it's less biting than Power Goat. Power Goat is awesome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Power Goat. And he starts eating Power Goat. Yes. <laughs> Power Goat biznatch. <laughs> and then he puts him, he puts him away and said, I'll do that for another week. And Power Goat's like, Power Goat? Yeah. Power Goat. <laughs> It was a simple joke, but yep. it was so great. The, um, uh, but yes, the, <laughs> at one point the animals are like, they're gone. I don't think they're ever coming back. <laughs> yes. And they start throwing a party. Like, they're going to come back. They're going to come back. it would be only gone for two days. Oh, <laughs> yeah. let me put the shit back. On. <laughs> yeah. The series really took off in the fourth issue, which tackles marriage. And yeah, it was, was such so... a good sleight of hand. <laughs> very clever. Because previous to this, there was no civilization. Marriage did not exist. So most of society views marriage as a bad thing. So it's just basically flipping current society on its head. And all the commentary that certain parts of our society has about quote-unquote alternative marriage however you want to phrase it is directed at actual marriage itself and it was one i would rank the fourth issue of this book with up there with like the best issues of the tick of you're just like oh my god this is happening and you're just flipping through each page so happy that 
it exists, and then the following page is just as good. And it just keeps throwing shit at you that you don't expect, and it's just really well done. Yeah, it is. Um, the uh, there the fourth issue is the is of is the the deep issue of the uh, of the book. I mean, there's uh, there's um, that's where you end up. That's where the animals were talking, and that's where the. Uh, um, oh, was that the fourth issue? Oh, okay, I forgot about that. That was, yeah, because that's their way at the retreat. So the animals are like. Right. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I thought that the, um, that the book, uh, at some points, the at some points, the book definitely does lean on. Uh, he definitely does lean on more of what he's trying to uh, uh, comment about. Mm-hmm. Than, uh, than, uh, than some of the humor. Absolutely, um, it, you know he doesn't he doesn't spend six issues beating over the beating you over the head with his view of society. It's a mix of he goes back and forth between different ideas, and some of them are just irreverent nonsense. Uh, it's really enjoyable irreverent nonsense, and then it'll kind of spit it'll pivot, and then it'll go into something that you're not expecting, like the marriage issue. And it'll tackle something very different in tone. And the he does the same thing with, you know, uh, what's his face? The uh, head of the quarry kind of just being a buffoon a lot of the time. And then other times he's a, you know, friendless, like kind of sympathetic character almost, but not really mm-hmm. because he's intentionally put himself there. And then... You know, it'll be Barney and Fred sitting down talking about how they committed genocide against the tree people and how bad that makes them feel and all the issues that they have resolving, you know, these past atrocities. And you really just don't know what the hell's coming next in this book. And it's fantastic for that. Yeah. And and then every once in a while you, you stop and go. That's Fred Flintstone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You know, and then, you know, there's Power Goat, you know, two pages later where you're like, okay, that's funny too. Mm-hmm. And the – go ahead. Yeah, I mean I guess it's it, – it, what it's interesting about it is that, that you're taking something – you're taking something that's familiar um, and then you're like, well, I mean if you just redid it, it would just be a sitcom because that's what the Flintstones was, was just mm-hmm. kind of a sit, was just a sitcom. Um, and the, uh, if you're going to go back and touch the Flintstones, um, which, you know, was a spoof of modern society, you know, uh, a, uh, then why not spoof modern society but, you know, grow it up a little bit because, frankly, the only people who who remember the Flintstones really are adults. Yeah. Well, you know, the, like you said, the Flintstones were originally a spoof on society. And if you just made the same book based on you're just being derivative of derivative, you're you're not hitting the goal of the original Flintstones, which was spoofing society, you're just spoofing the Flintstones. And Mark Russell isn't doing that. He's 
very much spoofing 21st century society in a really aggressive and effective way. Yeah. So without, you know, while, while still trying to keep elements of the Flintstones, the yeah. absurdity of the, the absurdity of the, of, of, of the Flintstones. Silly uh, shops like Starbricks. You yes. Know, you know, that just goofiness that the original cartoon had. Yes. The, um, you know, things that are now relatable to us, um, you know, the, uh, uh, even the, you know, the, the, in, and even some of them, they're so absurd, even when they're in a serious story that they're, you know, they're in this war carrying something that looks like a wooden M16. That's a slingshot. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's, it, it it's, there's, it is, it is just absurd. Um, with no, there's, you know, the, uh, but at the same time, you're like, this is absurd, but it's saying something really important and biting, but it's really absurd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of a weird way to give all that across. And at the same point, making, you know, Fred Flintstone in this is essentially the very drawn as the very definition of a meathead. Oh yeah, he is. And I mean, Barney the, even fact, more so. Yeah, all the all the men in this are I mean, almost all the grown men are drawn to be like caveman strong. Yeah, you know they are they are uh, they are not just muscular. They are muscular to that to some primitive uh, primitive degree. You know that you know this is a uh, or you know not actual primitives, but you know some stereotypical odd degree the uh you know that every one of them strong even though the actual characters themselves are are not dumb or whatnot but they are uh it's kind of an interesting treatment of the character it really is it's it's almost like a superhero mashing of the flintstones cartoon which is really hard to imagine but it works really well i really expect because i I want one of the things i really expected and this is you know so super common in all this is i really expected them to make fred dumb and yeah the and the and the the honest treatment of it is he's actually not at all he's he i mean he's uh he's quite honest you know anytime he's doing something he is just as you know you know, he is just as confused or sometimes as anybody else might be. Um, and you know, the, uh, he seems to have, they do a, he, a really good job of writing him with, with very human flaws. Um, but one of those flaws is not, is not stupidity. It's, it's him just trying to kind of go along with his life and the, uh, and he's, he, he doesn't, he's not like, uh, he's not Homer Simpson. No, no, you know, not at all. No, the, uh, you know, it's not the, you know, it, it, it's, I think it's, this is one of the things that, uh, unfortunately in, in a lot of modern media takes in this, the old way of portraying, um, the old way of portraying empowered, uh, like, um, male, you know, husband and wife in a lot of media was, uh, was in a way that would, 
empower women was to make the make the men seem dumb. Mm-hmm. And what the thing is is it was it is it's that's not the point. The it's easy to go with that character. It, Fred Flintstone is easy to make into Homer Simpson. Absolutely, it is much more clever and much more involved to make him an actual thinking being in this that 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 sometimes is that isn't the um that he's the one who makes the comment sometimes of you know kind of you know whether something is right or wrong yeah he's actually uh he's relatively compassionate uh yes like and that your idea um extends to wilma as well who is she's kind of a frustrated housewife who wants mm-hmm. to be more than her current station in life. Uh, she wants to be an artist and she puts up art, which is lampooned by pretentious art critics as being primitive because they look like cave paintings. And, <laughs> you know, but instead of just rolling with that and kind of getting a few chuckles out of it, like Fred is actually super compassionate and supportive of her. And so you're actually getting very much an unexpected surprise from both characters and they're not falling into any easy traps with any of them. Or, no. I can't say easy traps. They're not taking any lazy routes with any of the yeah. characters. Well, it's, yeah, it's not that, it's not that he doesn't understand it because he's just, dis- you know, not compassionate. It's just like at first he just doesn't understand it. So he's uh-huh. like, you know, he, he kind of, you know, and then finally, and then he, she kind of explains it to him and he, he's like, and he's he is legitimately now oh you know i did not he really didn't understand that before but not in a way that where he was stupid he just didn't he just didn't know yeah absolutely the, uh, and and that's why i think that the characters in this are actually really well written the uh, you can you can uh, avoid the common traps of making somebody uh, of making uh, some people some characters stereotypically stupid or smart um, so, um, I will the, definitely uh, be reading this book as it continues. The, uh, but yeah, but, and sometimes the jokes just come out of left field. Um, that's one of the things that's, one of the things that's also sometimes great about books like this is jokes can just come out of left field. Yeah. The space oddity, they, uh, example from issue three is probably the best example of that happening. The the fact that they repeat a god's name for the beginning of the book. Oh yeah, I completely skipped over the the, uh, the whole forming of religions and god's names and oh, stuff so like that. Great. It's so good. Gerald at the end. Oh my god. <laughs> the, uh, Gerald save us and you're like the uh, you don't there's some joke there that's one of the jokes that Watch it at the beginning, and it evolves. Yeah, it keeps coming uh, back, and it it keeps getting funnier the more it comes back. Yeah, um, so it's there's a lot of stuff going in the book that's really well, really well written, and ties back to some things earlier. Um, you know, sometimes it's just jokes. Um, the uh, and uh, sometimes the absurdity is just great. I gave up clubbing for. <laughs> yes. I gave up clubbing for Gerald. <laughs> Yes. I mean, there's so <laughs> there is so much spot on social satire in this book. I, I 
we could sit here and talk for four hours and we'd still miss stuff. Um, yeah. And we don't want to give it all away. And yeah. Because I, in I, context, unfortunately I'll just keep talking better. about it, but yeah. Um, keep re- I wasn't trying to get yeah. you to shut up. I was just saying. <laughs> no, 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 it's right though. I should, I, you know, go read it. Yeah. Uh, go definitely go read it. Um, it is worth, uh, it's worth every page. It's worth every page. Yeah, it sure is. And so, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier to start with a book like this to come back. You know, well, we might not have come back this week if not for this book. It could be, but good to come back and a laugh. Yeah, you for know, sure. and uh, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. We want, you know, so uh, yeah, go read it. Um, now we didn't read anything else this week. No. Uh, this is uh, this is kind of getting us back in the saddle. So, um, yeah, it was Flintstones only, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks, and we'll probably go back to the more standard two book format. But uh, we just have so much crap to cover that, yeah, why not? And I'm very proud of us. We did not talk politics. <laughs> no, that was one of the things I just. I only wanted to mention it casually in reference to my state of mind. I did not want to actually talk about the events. Yep. God, that's just too depressing. Yep. Yeah, if you want so. to if you want to hear me talk about the events, you can go to schlockworks.com and click on the comic schlockworks and you'll get a you'll get my take on what's happening. So Otherwise, I'll just spare you it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, uh, so. We got anything else to talk not, about? I not think really. No, I don't even know what we'll be reading next. Uh, haven't even gotten that far. So I have a ton of books lined up, so we'll probably just pick one of them. Actually, I take that back. I know what we're going to read. Uh, we'll probably do Paper Girls. Okay. Which I haven't heard of that yet. So Yeah, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a bit uh, like Stranger Things. You know, so it's actually very much like stranger things although it's not a rip off of stranger things because it started before stranger things came out just a happy coincidence and yeah we'll probably check that out okay so, so sounds good yeah so thanks for listening everybody be sure to drop us a line at countercomic at gmail.com you can also visit our website at schlockworks.com or you can view our podcast archives or check in on some of our other projects if you're so inclined drop by itunes or stitcher and give us a review that's all I have for today. I'm Brock Beauchamp. I'm Nick Hemsing. Thanks, everybody. Oh,